24 hours a day, 7 days a week. A new way of radio and the beginning of a new talent. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Damage Radio, heard here live on MonkeyRadio.com or Music Reminds Me. Y'all already know me, I'm Marcy, alongside my host, Matt, the Ultimate Kiss Fan Porter. Matt, we are not alone. We have two incredible guests here, three incredible guests actually. One, first off, me and this one guest, we go back way back to the World One days, even before then, when I used to be part of the street team, just starting out as a little RC. Uh, this woman has done it all in professional wrestling, referee. Now she's a coach at the world famous Monster Factory in Paulsboro, New Jersey. My friend, Missy Sampson. Missy, welcome to Damage Radio. Thanks for having me, and thanks for that intro that makes me feel old. Thanks. Hey, listen, we go way back, and we're not alone. Uh, we have uh, SWO trainee Tommy Jacoby here, and Tommy, you didn't come alone either. Nope. Once again, I brought my daughter here, uh, starting off her training and keeping it going, so we're here again, having another great interview, meeting some great new trainers that I've never met before, so super excited for that. And it's always great to- No, I hit it. Now, now it's probably off again. Stop touching my stuff. Damage. He gave me the cue. <laughs> Pull the plug in and out. Pull the plug in and out. This is a community college. Boom. Boom. Damage. Now, now we are back, guys. And uh, yeah, we were talking every. Yourself, you. <laughs> I'm getting the cue from this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm close enough to wreck you. Oh, here we go. go. Woo. Put him in line, coach. Put him in line. I have to. Yeah. You're so used to putting all the kids in line. You know, never ends. I'm the new helicopter, mom. I love it. Mm, I love it. So, Missy, you and I go way back. Um, what inspired you to pursue? You're making me feel old. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm old, too. You, Just saying. You yeah. could have said, you know, you don't have to keep throwing that in there. I know. But we're back in the world one day when they ran in Northeast Bol- into a bowling alley all the way to Boyertown, PA. I remember yes. those long drives in the middle of the dark. Can't see going down a hill. That's right. You know, and just uh, you, you put, took me under your wing. And uh, Marcus King Kong Dowling and uh-huh. Steve Carino yeah. and... Uh, even Corey Graves, right? It was with Sterling James Keenan? Sterling James Keenan was around at those times, yeah. He'd come in and, and wrestle for World One and IWA, yeah. Talk about those times, and uh, how, how do you enjoy them? Oh, I loved them. I uh, I had very fond memories looking back on those times, you know. Getting to help Torino uh, start and then run World One. Do you I need to your mic, yeah, See, I'm giving him the signal, but after like Sorry. 10 years of being in here, you think he'd know what that meant was just to fix the mic. And oh, that I bet one. we're going to be got able it. to hear you really clear. They, because, you know, whoa. Whoa. There we go. See, there we go. So you got to run the board in. They pulled the wrong plug out of the wrong hole. Story of my life. I know, right? Bam. Listen, they didn't say I couldn't make innuendos. They just said I couldn't use potty curse words. That's me. Innuendo. Yep. Um, so, you know, I loved working with Steve. I learned a ton during those times. And then working with the IWA Reading, uh, Terry Frankoviak and Rapid Fire Maldonado and everyone I met there. I mean, I have nothing but positive memories of all those times. Right. Now, um, can you take us back to the first time you became a fan? Uh, okay. I was a child. Right. So if you psychoanalyze this, my parents divorced when I was four. My dad owned his own business. He had primary custody of me and my three sisters. Um, so it's not like he had a lot of downtime. 
So when he would come home, he liked wrestling. He would watch wrestling. And I'm pretty sure somewhere in my weird childhood psyche, I was like, well, I'll just sit on the couch and watch this too and spend time with daddy. So that's how I became a fan of pro wrestling. What was the one character or one um, wrestler that got you hooked? My two favorite wrestlers growing up were Bret the Hitman Hart and Dusty Rhodes. And the one match where I'll never forget it, it was Dusty Rhodes versus Tully Blanchard with Colonel Robert Parker. It was a first blood match. I was sitting in Dan style on the living room floor. My dad's office was the next room over. Um, and I was watching this first blood match. And the finish was, you know, Dusty hits, hits the elbow, busts Tully open, but they had bumped the ref. So the ref's down. Ref doesn't see it. Dusty goes over to try to wake the ref. Colonel Parker wipes the blood off Tully's head, hands him a sock full of nickels. He clocks Dusty. Dusty gets busted open. Ref comes to seize it, awards Tully with the win. I get hysterical. I'm sitting Indian style, hysterically ugly, sobbing, crying. Now, somewhere in the middle of this, my dad had walked out of his office, gone to the bathroom, was walking back and sees me like as if someone just died, like it was that bad. And he looks at me and he goes, what are you crying about? And I'm like, through like breaths, I'm like, well, Dusty really won, but the ref didn't see it. <laughs> and I'm trying to explain this to my dad, and my dad's like laughing. And he looks at me and he goes, you know, that stuff's fake, right? Instantly stopped crying. I probably felt like I had been shot in the face by a <laughs> shotgun. I stopped crying. I looked at my dad in shock, and I stood up ever so defiantly, like stomping my feet defiantly, and I go, you don't say that to me. And I went to my room, and I legit didn't speak to my father for a whole week after that. Oh. I was so mad. Really? Yeah. And Tommy, you, you also like like Dusty Rhodes. You said last. Oh, I, I always say Dusty Rhodes is one of the best technical wrestlers I've, I've got to watch. And um, countless matches he's had with Ric Flair are my top fives all the time. So I can understand where you're at when you're like, like they stole from Dusty Rhodes. This guy was a hard worker. He was an everyday's man. You you sat at home. You loved everything he did. And yeah, I mean, I could. I, I felt the same pain. I've I countless times like, how could they do this? How could they wrong? You know, such and such or do this or do that. And then I remember the day I was told it was fake, and I was like, "You're a liar! Don't you ever say that again." In the back of your head, you always think of that. But it's like you don't want anybody to tell you that. That's that's pointless. But yeah. Right. No, I have uh, I've ruined a few friendships over that, like in elementary school and like middle school. Don't you I tell was, me wrestling you fake? I was a kid. I didn't think it was fake. No, no. <laughs> now, Matt, you're the old school wrestling fan. What? I, like I can pass right over to you. No, right. We could swing what, what, a mic to you. Yeah. Keep going, keep going. All right. I guess I just want to say it live on air on Moncaradio.com where music reminds me. I let our guests talk. Yep. So, as, as studying, you know, in professional wrestling, uh, Dusty was one of them. Uh, who else are you studying these days? I mean, I'm still, like I said, I, I've told you guys before, I stick to the older styles, 80s, 90s, uh, 70s is where I'm at. I really like technical old school wrestling, like southern wrestling styles where, is what I'd like to see. So uh, Dusty Rhodes was big. Ric Flair was huge. Uh, my personal favorite, just because their promo cuts and their attitudes with wrestling, was always going to be Macho Man, Ravishing Rick Rude, big time with those guys because they... They they stuck to their gimmicks. I really felt like those were those guys just cranked up their attitudes to a ten, and like sent it. Now Ravishing Rick Rude being you know as eccentric as he was, and the, you know as we said before, the painting on the painting of the of the opposing guy on his trunks like that's hilarious. Loved it. Sadly, you know how his career ended is awful, and you know accidents happen. But man, that guy was a great wrestler through and through. He put a lot of guys over, and he did WWF. He did WCW, and I mean. 
I'm always like he would probably always go down as my favorite wrestler to this day. But Macho Man, those promos were electric. I mean, everybody does their Macho Man impressions a thousand times a day. So you got something I'm waiting for. Don't it. don't crush my dreams. And don't, like so they see the sinister smirk on my face, yeah. and he knows he's in trouble. So so you're a fan of promo work, huh? Oh, uh, big promo work. Great, because uh, as soon as I'm done talking, you've got 30 seconds to cut a promo on Danny Cage. Woo! You ready? No, not even close. Well, no. great. There's your microphone. Yep. Ready? What, what are we going set? for? I'm sorry. Do you want me to write it for you? Oh, come <laughs> on. Listen Danny. here, okay? I'm loving it. I'm loving That's it. That's fine. 30 seconds would be enough time ready? to finish and cut this. set, go. I'm glad you gave me only 30 seconds. That's how long it would take to... Toss around Danny Cage in the ring. It is nothing, no problem whatsoever. Honestly, I haven't even got stepped in the ring once for a match. I'm already a thousand times better than he'll ever be. I think personally, he's not ready for me. He doesn't want. He, he, you better hope I get another year of training because the moment I step in the ring, I'm above you, head over shoulders. We understand it. I have more history as an athlete than you ever will. I have more talent, athleticism in my left boot than you ever will get. I, honestly, this really is a match, but a stepping stone to my great journey of being the greatest wrestler coming out of this area. So, Danny, I mean, count, count your days. Be happy. Hopefully, it works out for you. But it's coming, man. It's just a countdown. We'll wait for it. I love that he threw head over shoulders as if that's not anatomically where your head is already. Exactly. Yeah. Danny doesn't know that, though. Come on, we got to help him out. I, I guarantee you Danny knows that. Yes, me too. Now, and my, my one huge critique for your promo, if you were actually going to wrestle Danny Cage, you just buried him. So if you lose, what does that make you? Joke, you know, just I, no, no, no. It, it, it might have been a rhetorical question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you, you're saying. You know, you have to kind of when you're doing a promo against somebody, you know, yeah, you want to say you're better than them, but you don't want to, you know, say they're the stuff on the bottom of your shoe because then if you lose, what does that make you? You lost to somebody that you called, you know, the dirt on the bottom of your shoe. So, but if you lose to someone that you built up, you know, the, they get the win from that, but you don't take a deficit from that. Okay, I see what you're saying. That's so. I never, I never thought about it that way. Of course, you know, I always, you know, in my head, going under the premise of being a heel, you just, you know, talk it down. But I've never looked at it as a, hey, make sure you build him up just in case you don't, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're not losing to the stuff on the bottom of your shoe, but you're losing to a competitor that might have got lucky, but still is a good wrestler. Right. Know? Well, and and the flip side of that is, if you win then, and you've built them up. Then you look ten times better. I like that. See now. And you want to feud that's what they pay that me was for. Fantastic. Now let's hear you do it. Ooh. Okay, ready. How much money you got in your pocket? They pay me to cut promos. I love it. I have. Are we going luscious Lily they... promo or where are we going? I ain't been luscious Lily in over a decade, <laughs> my friend. Next question. <laughs> oh. Let me hear the promo. Let's cut a promo, please. Live on Manga Radio. Do you want me to pull one up on YouTube? I mean, I've cut tons of promos for you. On, on me. On me. Against RC. Yeah. Against, on, on RC? The Pencil Neck Geek. And oh, Jesus. Be nice. I, I don't... Hold on. I do that because I instantly want to go for the jugular. I know you do. And we had a long talk <laughs> I know. today. I know. So, next question. I think that's a good oh, idea. Oh, good oh, idea. Oh. You and I will talk about it later. <laughs> So the, yeah, the, the art of the promo it's so important. I'm putting over like uh, yourself, your, your opponent, and the, and, the, and the fans love you. Talk yeah. about you know when you have the training and when you're doing that, how important it is to teach these guys any kind of promo, any anybody. 
Well, first of all, public speaking, I don't think, comes naturally comfortable to almost anyone. So it's something that most people have to do over and over and over again. Because you're nowhere near good at a promo if you look like you're shaking and you're terrified. Um, So we do that a lot at the Monster Factory. We actually have a large jump box that we make the kids stand on and cut promos. Because if you were on TV, you would have to stay within the camera frame. So standing on the jump box stops you from shifting and wiggling and, you know, making a whole bunch of movement. Um, but it's very important, you know, Danny says it all the time, repetition breeds habit. So we have to make them do it all the time. No one's comfortable doing it. Um, but, but again, it's important that they do it all the time. It's important that they do it on different subjects. The advice I give to all of them when I'm talking about, um, you know, promos and stuff is when I started, I used to, before I'd get in the shower, I would cut quote unquote, a pre-match promo into the mirror at myself. I would get in the shower, get out of the shower and cut a post-match promo into the mirror at myself all the time. Just so that way I could see my face, you know, how my, my body language, I was seeing what the fans were seeing. The other thing I would do is, you know, when I was driving in the car, I would create scenarios in my head and then create promos for weird different scenarios I came up with so that if I showed up to the show and, you know, I was wrestling someone bigger than me, oh, I had a promo for that. Or I was wrestling a a midget, I had a promo for that. You know, like, don't laugh, I once wrestled a midget. (laughs) True story, I wrestled a midget. I got booked on a show in New Jersey at a bar. It was women wrestlers versus midgets. There was four matches. I walk in, I get booked. I I walk in, and uh, shortly after that, it's me and three other girls. Um, the midgets walk in and like the head midget or little person, they didn't mind being called midgets. So if it's no longer politically correct, I'm sorry. Anything I say is my opinion solely and not that of Montgomery County Community College, Danny Cage or the world famous Monster Factory. So, uh, and if I forget to throw allegedly and everything's allegedly, don't sue me. So uh, midgets walk in and the head midget in charge says to me, okay, can you guys line up from least experienced to most experienced? And I was the most experienced, so we line up. He then reverse orders the midgets so that I get the midget with the least experience and the girl with the least experience gets the midget in charge. (laughs) However, I end up being the main event. Great. So we part ways. Oh, we're also given rules. Can't pick up a midget. Can't (laughs) kick a midget. (laughs) There's rules. Step on. Great. I'm like, all right, whatever. My midget disappears. Okay. Uh, so wait around. Uh, show starts. My midget is still gone. Oh, by the way, my midget has a midget manager too. Oh, no, it gets better. So I'm like, whatever. So he shows up right before we have to go out. Drunk. So I've now got a drunk midget who can hardly wrestle to begin with. With a manager. With a manager. That you can't pick up. That I can't pick up, or can't kick. throw, can't kick, nothing. So I get in the ring, and there were no guardrails. The people were, like, right up against the ring. <clears throat> so I get in the ring, and I'm trying with everything that I have to have this match. And, uh, it, you know, it's not going well. Because, you know, when you have a drunk midget who you can't pick up, throw, or kick, what am I supposed to do? Um, but I'm trying to make it through this match. And uh, the next thing you know, at one point, you know, I let him bump me. I fall down. And I see a blur out of the corner of my eye. And it's not the side of the ring that his manager is on. It's the other side of the ring, closest to the locker room. I look up, 
and every other midget is in the ring. There was a shoot midget run-in on my match. <laughs> Swear to God. I'm on the canvas. My midget jumps on top. They dogpile me for the pin. I lose. And by the way, they're really heavy. Like, one of them's heavy. I had like four of them on me. I'm covering my face. I have tears coming down my face. They get the three count. I roll out. I'm holding my ribs. I go through the locker room door. I fall to my knees, and I'm laughing so hard like tears are streaming. The head midget comes back, and he's all apologetic. He's like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe he did that. Like, we saw, how, you know, how it was going. I go, stop right there. I go, if you think I'm angry, I'm not. The I once wrestled a midget, a bar story was great to begin with. The then four midgets shoot ran in just made this story over the top. I go, we're good, bro. I go, have a good night. Jeez. <laughs> that was oh great. My God. It's one of the best stories I have. Yeah, dude, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Oh. Wait, yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the best stories ever yeah. on completely damaged, yeah. and especially it starts with head bitch. Yeah. yeah, like was, oh, where do I even go with that? Yeah. I was wrestling these bitches at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think you know where the story's going when I start with I wrestled a midget at a bar? You have no idea. It ends with four midgets shoot ran in. So where does to that, save me and not that guy? Yeah. So where does that rank on some of the shows that you've been on that's been like? Oh, it's it's one top five, one of my favorite memories ever. Right. Top five for Definitely sure. Definitely top five. Now, have you ever been on one of those shows where you're just like, you know, like it was completely like not how it is at the Monster Factory, like in sync? I've been not? on tons of shows and that then, are how, not. And how, and how is that when you're going? <laughs> they're into not in my top five. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, and that's one of the things you tell the the students to make sure when when they when they're booking themselves, they go to somewhere where they know where they're going. And, well, I, you know, and, and maybe it's not a uh, popular opinion, but um, our our students actually in the Monster Factory contract have to um, clear their bookings with Danny so that Danny knows where they're going, who they're working for, for that reason. Yeah. So we can try to keep – it's not Danny's a control freak. If it's a decent, you know, promotion, great. He doesn't care. But that way we can keep them away from the, the carnies, the creeps, you know, the people – they don't need to be around. And they, they don't get that in the beginning, do they? In the first no. time? No. No. And that's, that's where... The, people think they know how, how the wrestling business is and that they understand the, the people in it. But there's such a wide variety of people in this business and they don't all have your best interest at heart and they're not all looking out for you. Um, and it, it's, hard, it's hard for a long time to tell the difference because remember, as pro wrestlers, we're paid to make you believe things that aren't true. Right. And if you're any good at that, you can do it on various levels of your life. So, and another pet peeve is that, like you know, people are so quick to post on social media that sometimes people don't even post their own shows on social media and promote oh. their own selves. And I remember mm. that vividly at one of the shows, just as just doing my damage thing. And I remember you talking to somebody and saying, "Why am I not on the card tonight? Because you didn't plug the show like we asked you to. You didn't promote the show like, like we asked you to." Oh yeah, we, 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 mm -hmm. you know, we go over that all the time. I mean. Promote yourself, promote the shows you're on, you know, be an asset to the company you're booked on. Your mere presence doesn't make you an asset, right? right? Because I can get 50 people to, to replace you. That's not an issue for me. So if, if you're not going to promote and try to draw people to see you, and it's not just for Monster Factory. Our shows are small. They're student shows anyway. But if you're not going to do that, then who wants to use you? Right. No one wants to use you. Yeah. So... 
Now, Tom, uh, being that you know it's a trainee and starting out, like, have you talked to anyone besides like your trainers, like Wolfman and uh, Ken Andrews? Um, no, not really. Honestly, I've um, I've been we've been kind to ourselves lately, it just because I I didn't want to overstep any boundaries yet. I'm just I'm very focused on my training, making sure that I'm a good product, that my daughter is training and is becoming a good product. So I still have an issue with that being your daughter, but God. Well, I, I get this is radio, but they, it looks more like his little sister, and she's adorable. No, with Tommy, have you ever wrestled a midget? In the body? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, not yet, right? <laughs> oh, I, I, I just hope that that ends up being something I can do. Just, it doesn't have to be five. I'll take three. It's fine. I mean, just <laughs> way epic. not to be a one upper. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but no, like I said, I right now I'm very, like, and I'm critical on making sure that I am a good product before I start. You know, talking to everybody, being like, oh, hey, I'm training. Listen to me. I want to make sure that I'm getting the fundamental training I need and the confidence in the ring that I need, then be able to talk to people. Of course, marketing's great and get yourself out there, but I just don't think that time has come yet. I do in the near future want to, but like I said, in uh, with everything I do, I want to try to do it at the best level I can and give everybody a good product. I don't want to be like, oh, hey, come check me out, come check me out. Then I just look awful, you know, or look at me, look at me. And it's like, well, you have so much more work to do. I, like I said, we're focusing on on ourselves right now, making sure that we're giving our trainers our full undivided attention. But um, like you've said before, I I mean, the Monster Factory seems like a place I just, I want to go because it just sounds awesome in a sense. Everyone should want to go there. They have everything there (laughs) that you need. Weight room. Coaches, you know, state of the art coaches and uh, ring. That's like you can we bump have two one. rings, two rings. You can bump one, yeah. An entire floor covered with amateur wrestling mats that yep. you can roll on. Yep. That's yeah, it's, yeah. So an the, entire production set up in the back with sound boards and wow. And that and I said, that sounds amazing. I actually, I looked at the website, the weight room itself looked like phenomenal. Oh, it's and, a great weight yeah, room, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, I walk through it on occasion, walk <laughs> <laughs> well, right by it. It's great. I wait well, for my students right to get out, it. wait for them to get in, and that's it. It's a great weight room. Right. No, um, I yeah, that stuff's awesome. And like I said, uh, SWO has treated me great, and they're taking their time to train me. Um, and all I can do is give back to them as best as I can. But you know, it's cool being independent. Is you can go around and you can wrestle. But I like what she was saying earlier. Was you know, there are some promotions that aren't looking out for your best interest, and you got to be like weary of that. You got to make sure. So I like that Danny like goes through the stuff and says, "Hey, like, no, you're not doing this promotion. Appro- you know the approval because you know countless times I hear like, oh, such and such went to this promotion and just got you know got beat up and got you know hurt or you know just was treated awful. And you know you don't want that. I want I don't want my daughter as much as you." You know, can't fathom this. I'm yeah. sorry, but I don't want her getting hurt. I don't want anything like that. Um, real, I, real quick, because my memory is horrible. What is your first name again? Milana. Okay, so let's just refer to her as Milana, and not your daughter. She has her own identity. She's now training. <laughs> She's her own worker. That's this is true. It just it's hard for me as don't, a dad. To don't do worry, such. I'll be here for the remainder of this interview to look out for you. Yeah. That's Thanks. great. I appreciate it. Yes, Milana does have her own identity. Well, also, she goes by Milana. in last time. Man, I can't catch up. a yep. break. It's got to be me. It's got to be yep. me. Um, but no, I really like that's like great advice because as you know, training you go to get eager, and the first person that comes up and says, "Hey, wrestle for us," you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, yeah, let's do." It. And that's something I need. You know, we both need to take an accountability. Like, hey. Not everybody is a good person, so understand that. And there's a lot less good people in wrestling than there are good people. <laughs> yes, I've heard nothing but like 
bad things right now about the wrestling community. And no, I haven't news met- flash. Normal people don't want to fake beat up their friends on the weekends. <laughs> Just saying. That, that would be- not a psychology major, but <sighs> You have a point there. Yes. You have a point. But no, so right now, just I've, we've been staying in our lane at the moment, and hopefully in the near future we'll branch out and start talking to more promotions and get to talk to everybody and just open up in general. Me and Milana. Uh, yeah, you'll or, both, you or Lana. Boom, you got it. You got it. You both network on. more when, when, <laughs> once you get more training and experience. He's going to start before I do, that's for sure. I mean, don't, you don't know that. You don't know that. I can't get booked till I'm 18. You think that's true? For now. It's true in the state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is the only one that has the you must be 18. Ooh. You can get booked in New Jersey prior to being 18. Mm. Hmm. Maybe that's a little incentive for you to focus a little harder on, on, on training. Mm. Maybe that'll be your manager. You, uh, you know, hey. wait, hey. ready? Hey. Hey. Oh. <laughs> dream come true. Your homework tonight is to go home and investigate which states in the United States have athletic commissions that govern professional wrestling. And those that don't, you can wrestle in prior to being 18. Ooh. All right. So go home and find out where you can work. New Jersey is one of them. I gave you your start. Pennsylvania is not. There's 48 more you got to do. Definitely. Fair enough. If you got a question or comment, call in 215-619-7366. I repeat, 215-619-7366. And give me a call in with a question or comment. Missy, one trainer, he said, uh, Wolfman. You actually know the Wolfman. And, uh, had, I had do a know funny, the Dude, he's been around story. forever, man. So I went to a show once, and uh, I was booked to manage Wolfman. <laughs> and Wolfman does this gimmick. Okay, so for those of you that don't know Wolfman, picture a man that you would call Wolfman at, like, <laughs> maybe, like, he might be, like, 5'5", five five, bald tattoos, and he comes to the ring with this hat pin, which, if you don't know what a hat pin is, it's a very long, sharp pin. And at some point during the match, he does some spot where he sticks this pin through his cheek. Like, all the way through. Great. So I had to hold the pin. Mm. Mm. And I'd never held a hat pin before. What did, I, what did I know? So I hand it to him. It gets shoved through his face. <clears throat> Pardon me. He hands it back, or somehow I get it back, and I end up, like, jamming it into my hand. And I was like, ah! And then I had to worry about, you know, disease. Well, with wolves and stuff, you know, rabies is a thing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And Abdul the Butcher and so many other professional wrestlers out there who I'm clean in case anyone was yeah, concerned. Yeah, <laughs> who, who would come down and bring this was, this was years ago. We've had several right. tests. I'm good. <laughs> we all have our shots. We're good. But there's so many professional wrestlers out there that don't care, and and they will bleed all over the ring. And now they, they luckily, you know, uh, you know, uh, I have a really hard time with that. You know, um, I've heard of people who are who have HIV. And don't tell anyone. Jeez. And are allowed to work shows, um, including hardcore shows. Um, you know, and, and then that, that never sits well with me. You know, and I'm not trying to say that people that have diseases like that don't belong in wrestling. There's a place for everybody in wrestling. But if you have something that you can't tell your opponent and your ref that you have. And at least let them make the educated decision about whether they're comfortable sharing a ring with you, then you're not doing the right thing. You know, and I get that there's medicines these days that, you know, can make your T cell or whatever the HIV virus is count undetectable. Fantastic. 
one day hopefully we just eradicated it all, we don't have to worry about it. Even if that is the case, if there is the smallest chance that you could pass on a disease to someone else that is trusting you with their body, you should at least give them the knowledge and let them make that call. It's so much more than you're putting their body at risk. It's everything. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you know, it's one thing that, you know, you and I are going to get in the ring and wrestle and and I'm putting my, my life and safety in your hands. Right. But if there's another aspect to that that I'm not even aware of because you're not telling me, that's a whole different ball game. Right. Now, quit hanging up on all my fans over there. It's, I don't think it's working. From Burgundy. Maybe he just forgot the phone number. He said it's ringing and ringing, but I swear. Hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's so true, Missy. You never know who you're going to be in the ring with. That's why it's always good to, to know the background of the person and. and Know the person, you know. Mm-hmm. Know the promoter. It's like, yeah, because there are people who don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't research people. You know, it's they want to run a show and they want to run it with as little money as possible. So if you're willing to take a hot dog and a handshake, they'll book you. Um, and there's that. That's two. It's two. He's hung up on two times. Oh man. Yeah. But you better not be over there hanging up on fur on burgundy, right? Burgundy's the man. It's my boy, and I'm going to have to beat you up for that. Uh-oh. You can't disrespect my boys. He was, when I picked it up, it went right to the dial tone. Burgundy, uh, what's going on, Burgundy? You should, you should know better. I'm from 1490 AM. I'm back in the day. Ron, bring it in. Bring right. it in. Call back. Call back. Do right. it. But yeah, Missy, like you, when you see like a trainee like Tom come in, right away you're thinking character <laughs> development, right, and all that stuff. Well, there I mean, we figure yourself out. Did we answer the phone? Damage Radio, who's on the line? Wow, I tried to call during work, and I don't know if someone is either asleep at the wheel or behind the desk or whatever is going on, but my goodness. I I'm think it's sorry, like Ferran. It has, been, it has been that kind of day. I rubbed off on them, too, for my Re- mistakes. So. Really, Ferran, it's, it's my fault. My interview is like the Kim Kardashian glass-on-the-butt thing. I, I broke the switchboard. <laughs> so many people were calling in. But I made him clear the lines numerous times just so you could get through. You're welcome. Just for you. Oh, oh, that that is appreciated. That that's good to know, as uh, it is I, the one who puts the ass in asset, <laughs> at least uh, somewhat to the monster factory. Oh, I was expecting the damage to crash down from that. I'm kind of shocked. He knows, he, he knows oh, you too well. Man. He knows you too well, Matt. See, I was I was laughing. I'm snicker. I'm still laughing in my head midget. I'm, 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 I can't get over that. <laughs> that threw me for a loop. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the, the bar that bar story was absolutely amazing, yeah. and I can't believe that I haven't heard that before until now. Yeah, well, you know, I got to keep some stuff for the yeah. for the big interviews. Definitely. Oh. oh, of course. Yeah, you can't let everything out there all that quickly. But no, just wanted to chime in and say hi, Waddle. Uh, you know, I was hoping to be up there, but the work schedule didn't quite work out that way. So I might be on the phone on the clock, but uh, uh, I won't it, tell. It, I won't tell either. I know. Yeah, exactly. Will tell. Nobody will say anything. It's like uh, uh, that major league line. That's all we got. One GD hit. You can't say GD on the air. Ah, don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. I missed you too. Love you, bud.
Uh, love you too. Hey, Lil, um, one thing I was going to say before, you know, RC's looking at me like we got to wrap it up. I don't know why, but here's the funny thing, right? I want to give you, while I got you on the line, I'm going to put a put you on the spot. There's a promo that Bobby Buffet just put out, a video, like a highlight promo, and he's got a couple of your clips in there using your vo- vocal track with it. Phenomenal stuff, as usual, Ferran. Well, thank you, because I've felt anything but phenomenal, so I'm glad that... Uh, I'm glad that I'm at least presenting myself uh, publicly in a great way here, and uh, it's weird. You, usually, RC doesn't have you wrap me up that quickly. I'm, I'm a bit shocked. Yeah, I'm not so, wrapping you up, Ferran. Someone tells me I'm going to have a talking to later, probably. Never, Ferran. You're one of the most gold. professional people that I know. You have a binder full of each wrestler, their name, their date, where they're from, their moves, uh, every whoa, single whoa, match. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is how we know you ain't been around in a while. He's digitized now. No, he is not. He is digitized now. The binder, binder? I mean, he has it. Eventually, we're going to have to figure out where to put it in the museum. But he's digitized now. He just <laughs> yeah, carries around a little laptop anyway. now. Yeah. Veron, you have a laptop now? I do. Wow, look at you. We've, go. we've brought him up to at least the, the 20th century. That's awesome. That's... How do you feel about that, Veron? That I feel pretty good about. But as, as, as Misty alluded to, if you'd be around more, you would have seen it. Oh, man. I'm getting burned left and right today. You didn't see that coming when you booked oh, me I as did. a guest? I, I know. On. I know you would have. But, yeah, Ron, we, we, we missed you, man, and I can't wait to get you back up here. And, uh, you know, you know the memories you and I have on Damage Radio, and then you had me on your show back when you had that show, Pro Wrestling Weekly, heard on 1490 AM. And I forget the rest of the yeah, hotel tell me. Yep. The, no, long, the longest I'm, running what, Fran? They're, 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 they're not worth my time anymore. Nice. Oh. Love it. One thing we've taught for Ron is no free plugs. I love it. Oh, Fran. Yeah, I, I, get, I get enough of that over, probably too much of that over on the uh, on the commentary. That's all right. Harry Callis and Richie Anderson did it back in the day for the Phillies, and they, I think they're still pretty well revered. Now, Fran, you got nothing but talent, man, and I, and I know that you're you're – you're one step away from, from making it to the big leagues. And you're already at the big leagues at the world-famous Monster Factory because you got Missy, Danny, and all the rest of the guys who are coaching you guys and making sure you always bring your A game. So He is our big league. Yeah, I agree. And if Eddie Fed well, is that, running a show not that, on that a Monster Factory sense. day and needs a great commentator, uh, give Mr. Burgundy a call. If it's a Monster Factory day, you're SOL because I'm keeping yes, it. exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm already under, uh, yeah, under wraps. now. Uh, it's funny that you mention that because I know that uh, Danny Cage talks about investing yourself and, and, uh, as a uh, slogan a lot. And I think I'd like to say that I've made the ultimate investment in that I will be able to, starting in January, attend the factory on almost a nightly basis because I'm actually relocating and, and purchasing a house. I will be closing this Monday in Paulsboro, less than five minutes away from the school. I'm super stoked because it means you're going to be able to come in on Tuesday nights to my class even more. Yeah. Ferran's come in once or twice, and he came in once, and we did um, Family Feud. Family Feud. He's, he's old. Where me and Danny were the head of each like family, and then we rotated the students through. It was hysterical. <laughs> but Ferran's actually gone in and gotten like a bunch of different games for us to play. Oh, yeah. Uh, did, did you bring Impress Your Luck? Haven't gotten there yet. Okay. He just he that's, just that's he just finished doing. working out the kinks with Password Plus. Wow. We haven't played it yet, yeah, right. but he's got Password, it. I've got, uh, I've got the the pyramid that I'm chipping away at. I've got feud and other things on the horizon, but 
got to build the bank back up a little bit because uh, down payments on a house are not cheap. Amen. That's very true. Very, very mm-hmm. true, Brian. I'm learning that the hard way. As, uh, the countdown is five days uh, to me being a homeowner, and that is a mm. weird thing to say. You're doing it, man. You're making moves, and uh, I'm proud of you. Way to adult, Farron. Yep. I always knew you yeah, could do yeah, it. But I always knew you could do it, man. I'm a grown-up now. All right, I've uh, I've I've ruined enough of your uh, of your. You haven't ruined anything, yeah. just for the record. I love no, you, I and I love hearing your voice. And <laughs> exactly, I love that you called in, and I will see you next Saturday at Turkey Slam. Absolutely, the, uh, the the biggest events of the year for the MSPW, and uh, the only thing that's for sure with that event is nothing's for sure. Correct. On that note, Ron, you're all, you're the man, man. Thank you so much for calling in, and we can't wait to see you back up here. Most certainly. All right, catch you all later. Bye, bud. See you, Ron. Thanks, Ron. I love Ron. He's he's awesome. He really is. Yeah, he, he's and he's so guy. small, like just. You know, people might look at him and be like, oh, he's just a comedy. No, 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 no. He gets wrestling. He's so smart about it. Hmm. How he puts it over, how he articulates it. He's one of the few commentators that I've heard on the indie scene who actually does elevate the match Mm. that he's commentating on. He's phenomenal. And you can throw him different people to be on commentating with him, and he can still uh, jive right with them. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, we haven't had Chaz in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of our students who's out injured, Brian, also had an interest in doing commentary. So now while he's rehabbing his knee, he's Ron's commentary partner. That's awesome. Now, when you were, Missy, I wanted to ask you, when, when um, you first realized that you wanted to pursue professional wrestling, do you remember the first person that you told? No. And, and how, that, how that went or no? No. Okay. I mean, I was a kid. Right. So it was like, you know, it was the pipe dream. You want to be a superhero? Yeah. So I want to be a pro wrestler. You know, and that lasted for a while as a kid. Uh, you know, and then I grew out of it and had, you know, what people consider normal life goals. I wanted to be a detective and all that mm. fun stuff. Um, because back then, I didn't know that indie wrestling existed at all. I thought there was some, like, no pun intended because it was called the power plant. But, like, I thought there was, like, some factory where these dudes were, like, produced. <laughs> you know, like, somebody grew that guy with those muscles. Yep. And, that you know, like, yep. I, you know, I didn't know about indies at all until I was 16. So, you know, you don't think you can actually be a pro wrestler, so you come up with other dreams. And then I found ECW, um, which was the first quote-unquote indie. We can debate whether it was an indie or not, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, it was well before their first pay-per-view. You know, and I started going to those shows, and then I found out about other indies around. You know, that's how that came to be. Right. Then, um, you remember uh, the first bumpy talk and how that felt? Yes, and it hurt a lot. <laughs> I know. I remember when, when <laughs> Matt and I did the, uh, the documentary when interview becomes wrestler for a day. Yeah, that, that's no joke. And it my, and um, it took me forever to learn how to back bump, um, and like not put my hands on. Yeah, no, you you've got what three weeks of training in. I, I don't catch myself, but I I can't get my placement right on my back when I do said bump. Okay, well, it, I think it took me months. I was so horrible at learning to back bump that they once brought New Jack in, God rest his soul, and made him get on all fours so they could push me over top of him. You know, because the added fear that you're going to, I don't know, sit on New Jack, possibly hurt him, and then get stabbed might actually help you take a back bump. It didn't, but I think that was somebody's thought process. So, you know, so it took me forever, but I, you know, so I remember it hurt a lot. I can also remember the next day um, I was in bed. I wake up, and I go to sit up, and I can't get up. 
I legitimately physically could not lift my I think I'd blown every muscle in my neck. Mm. I could not pick physically pick my head up off the off the pillow. I had to cup around the back of my neck and do a sit up. And once I was up, I was fine. It wasn't like my head dangled back or like dropped down, but I couldn't physically pick it up off the pillow. I had to yeah, cradle it into a sit up to get up. And how was that confidence level? Like did you, were you ready to go back to Yeah. <laughs> you know, but no, but I you know, I never missed a day of training. When I started, um, you know, we trained two to three days a week uh, in Philly in this old broken down, we called it Hawkins, um, two car garage. There was always a broken down car in one bay and a broken down ring in the other. And uh, yeah, and I was the only female training there. I went to every training class. You weren't telling me I couldn't do this. Right. So. Now you find out you're going to be booking your first match. <clears throat> do you remember where it was? How many people were there? And uh, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I remember I was asleep. You want to hit your off button or cough button if you're going to crack your knuckles in front of your mic. Wait, you can hear that? Yeah. Yep. yep. Apologies. So, <laughs> I'm like, what is that noise? Right. Um, yeah, so I was, uh, I had been training at Hawkins with uh, Angel Amoroso, um, and she'd been doing some work for Dino Santa. And I remember I was asleep, and the phone rang, and my mom comes to my room and goes, Dino's on the phone, he wants to talk to you. Okay. So I, I go and get the phone, and Dino in his very heavy Italian accent, you can hardly understand the man. <laughs> the Dino. What I got out of it was uh, they were having a show that weekend. Uh, Angel had told him we were both coming to work. Uh, Angel backed out. He, he really needed me to still come do the show. This is how I found out about my first booking I had no idea about. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, I, I don't think I'm ready. Like, no, 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 I got you. And I didn't really drive at the time. Again, I'm 16 and I'm my own car. He goes, can you get to the airport? I go, yeah, because the train station by my house took train straight to the airport. He goes, go there, be at this gate. You'll meet ref Dan Haney. You're picking people up. Doesn't tell me who. I don't care. I go down, go to the airport, meet up with the ref Dan Haney. There's a big white van outside we're going to ride in, waiting for the guy to get off the airplane. Guy getting off the airplane, Georgie Animal Steel. Oh, oh. Yeah. So I rode two hours from the Philadelphia airport to Danville, PA, in the very back seat of a big white van with George Animal Steel sitting in front of me, Dan Haney and his wife. I said nothing. <laughs> Somehow in BS conversation, Dan mentions it's my first match. To which George Animal Steel turns around and goes, It's your first match? And I go, Yes. How do you feel? Nervous. So we chit chat a little bit. He's giving me some advice. He goes, uh, So yeah, apparently I'm going to wrestle their women's champ. Um, and he goes, yeah, and you should go over. Okay, whatever. Uh, so we pull up to the building. Dino comes out to meet George Animal Steel. Opens the door. George the Animal Steel looks at Dino's hand and goes, she should go over for your women's belt tonight. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Come on. Uh. We go in. Uh, the girl I was supposed to wrestle doesn't show up. And they segregated us. So that it was a, like a high school gymnasium. It had two floors. Women's locker room was on the second floor. Men's was on the bottom. It was like a basketball court, the bleachers. So I get stuck in a room by myself with no opponent. So they got this guy. He used to wrestle as uh, Ranger 7. Think of like um, Power Ranger Ripper. Power Ranger. So he comes up, and we put one of my bras under his thing and stuff it. <laughs> I used an entire concealer stick on his neck to get rid of the look of the stubble, and we called him the sister of Ranger 7. 
And this match was supposed to go about 30 seconds. I was going to hit about three moves. He, she was going to get frustrated and leave. I was going to win by count out. Um, yeah, so uh, match is getting ready to start. I'm in this really cool black outfit with skulls on it. I've got like the fake leather jacket. Uh, music hits. I go out the door and it's like that path you walk at the top of the bleachers. And then I decide to mimic Raven. I go over the railing and down the bleachers. How I didn't trip, fall, and roll down them, I'll never know, but it happened. I get in the ring. Sister Ranger 7 comes out. Women's title's on the line. Oh, you think that's good? I'm not done, son. Oh, I know. Yes. So. Five more minutes come out. They end it. You know, we're, we're getting ready to wrestle in it, and then, and then the ring announcer. And special guest commentator for this match, Bruno Sammartino. What? Oh, get wow. out. And I'm in the ring already. Didn't know he was there. Had no, And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, uh-oh. Do the match. Sister Ranger 7 leaves. They, you know, I'm the winner, new champ. Snaps the belt on me. I roll out. Walk over to the commentary table. Apparently forget who and what I am. <laughs> stick my hand out. Introduce myself to Bruno Sammartino by my shoot name. Because at that point, I was Jade. Uh, and thank him for doing commentary in my match. Thought I had died that day. Oh. oh wow! Thought I had died that day. That got the the blood moving. Oh my word! Right. So, so your first match was seen by George Animal Steel. Correct. And Bruno Sammartino. Correct. And you and you Woo. won. And I won. Amazing. Now, how long did you hold that title? Wow. For? You want to settle? Uh, that was the Triple W A Women's Title. I mean, I held it for a little while. Oh wait, did I? You're talking about Dino, so yeah, I won it again somewhere, but I think after that I might have been stripped of it. I don't really remember. It was so long ago. Right. Mm. But I held it at some point. Up until I was underage and refused to get a passport <laughs> to go to wrestle in Africa. So he stripped me of the belt and gave it to little Jeannie and took her. Which was wow. fine, but I was underage and didn't mm. trust going overseas. So. Right. I think he made a good decision. I mean, look, I didn't get a passport till like five years ago. Mm. So I was well yeah. into my 30s by the time I got my first passport. So. Right. Another another story that I love that you told um, on Damage TV uh, was Heidi uh, <coughs> Lee Morgan, and when you were tra- trained. Okay, with her yeah. For a so bit. okay, so, and again, Dino Santa, I'm giving you way too many free plugs today, Dino. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, Dino. Um, so he books me on a show, uh, and again, I had no business wrestling on a show at this point. I mean, it was god awful at this point. I was supposed to. I didn't know this until I showed up to the show and saw the poster. I was supposed to wrestle Heidi Lee Morgan, and I was like, what? Because I knew her from WWE. Yeah, of course. And, um, yeah, so Dino gets her. He goes, yeah, no, 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 you're not wrestling her. She broke her back. She'll be here, but she broke, you can't wrestle her. So he brings in Lil Jeannie. First time I met Lil Jeannie. Me and Jeannie did not get along for years after this match. Mostly my fault. Match was horrendous. Lil Jeannie had just started wrestling. If you don't know, she's a phenomenal worker. I don't think she works anymore, but she was a really great worker. But this is one of her first matches. We go out there, and I am horrible. No business being a ring. Hailey Morgan is there doing guest commentary. I mean, it was so bad, she would go to, like, whip me to one corner, and for some reason I would, like, hook a right and run to that. Like, that bad. Ooh. That bad. So we get done. We go to the back. We're both crying, because now we're just embarrassed. And Heidi Lee Morgan walks in, full-on back brace, and she's, she's like, no, 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 no crying. She's like, you both clearly have a passion for this. And she brings us her 8x10s, flips them over, writes her phone number on the back. She goes, call me. She goes, my dad has a building behind his house. It's got a ring in it. You guys can come train with me. Mm. Wow. 
now, Little Jeannie lived, this was in South Jersey. Little Jeannie lived in New York at the time. It was not convenient for her to do so. But I was like, well, I'm in. Like, seriously? So then I used to go to Heidi Lee Morgan's dad's house like once or twice a week. I would take a train and two buses each way. I would get dropped off at a Wawa. This was before cell phones. So I'd have to have change on me. I would call her mom's house from the payphone at the Wawa. And then she would come get me at the Wawa, take me. We'd wrestle for hours. And then uh, her mom would come out. God bless Pearl. She's no longer with us. Would come out and tell us when dinner was ready. They would feed me dinner and then take me back to Wawa and put me back on the bus ride home. Mm. Wow. Wow. True story. So many. Once again. Yeah. Yeah. God bless Heidi. And so many Without other, Heidi Lee Morgan, I'm not sitting here right now. And so many other great people that you met, like Luna, Michelle, oh. um, Primetime Amy Lee, who I mm. love Primetime Amy Is still, Amy to, to, yeah. to this day, one of my best friends. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I saw her two weeks ago, and I'll be seeing her in three. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she, she, she's amazing. And Matt, you and I, you know, always interviewing her. We never know what's going to come out of the mouth, but we always know the interview is going to be damaged. Not, not, yep. None of us know what's ever going to come out exactly. of Exactly. <laughs> the best was when people <clears throat> thought it was Amy Lee from Evanescence. And I, I went actually after watching it. We put it on the comments. I thought this was to be Amy Lee. No, it's not. This and they would say she's even better than her. You know, like she time, is even better than the is. girl from Evanescence. She is. I can say that. I don't know the girl from Evanescence, so no. it's not personal. But I thought that was kind of funny that they, they would actually put that on, on the comments. They, they put anything on the comments, you know. But uh, I love when people who knew Amy but don't realize how close we are meet me, and I, it's happened more than once. Somebody will go, you know, who you remind me of, and I'll go, who? <laughs> they go, Amy Lee, and I go. My former tag partner, one of my best friends, you don't say. Exactly. That's awesome. So, Ned, talk about the transition that you went now that now you're coaching. You know, I went from wrestler to coaching. Now, uh, was it hard for you to, to lose right in there? Yes. And, I didn't want to do it. Well, I didn't, I didn't. Okay, so, had my last match November 2019. Uh, I was good. I was enjoying my weekends at home, in my undies, on the couch. There's a lot of binge watching a TV you can do. I liked having my life back. Um, and then the whole, you know, but I was still on social media. I still had friends in the business. The whole speaking out thing occurred, which for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, speaking out was the uh, pro wrestling's version of the Me Too movement. And there had become a big discussion about there not being enough female coaches um, in the business. And I had never thought about coaching because I didn't think I was a good coach. Um, I can't take the moves and break them down to the most minute step for you uh somebody else has to do that i can clean it up once they get the basis down um so i had met danny cage and here's the funny part people don't understand when i agreed to coach at the monster factory i had met danny cage twice the first time i met danny cage was shortly before i agreed at a new kids on the block concert oh <laughs> wow me and danny were both blockheads so is his wife tracy Everybody should. Be. We met exactly. We met at a new kids on the block concert. I mean, clearly, if you're in the business enough, you know who people are. Yeah. We had never met. Um, and then he, I kind of had an open invite, and one day I went over just to kind of watch training and hang out. So those were the only times I had physically been in the presence of Danny Cage. And I get an, um, a DM on Twitter from Danny that says, "Hey, what's your phone number? I want to talk to you about something. Give him my phone number. Call me when you want." Danny calls me. Uh, and he goes, have you ever thought about coaching? And I go, nope. And he goes, well, I'm going to bring Ricky Reyes in as a coach, and I'd like you to come in and coach. And I go, oh, I don't, you know. I, I've been to classes that Ricky has taught. 
Ricky Reyes, he's now in Texas, but he's phenomenal about breaking the littlest things down for you to teach them to you. He's a phenomenal coach. And I said, I don't have that gift. Danny goes, I don't need you to have that gift. He goes, Ricky has that gift. <laughs> like, we all bring something different to the table. And so he kind of talked me into it. So I was like, okay. You know, and to this day, you know, there are times, and some of the students, I've had conversations with them. There's still times that I go in there and I'm like, what am I doing as a coach? Like, what am I doing here? Like, who am I to coach something? I'm like, all right, whatever. So I just do what I did through most of my wrestling career, which is fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> but so many people talk so highly of you. If you how act like you know what you're doing, people will treat you like you know what you're doing. Right. And it just goes to show you, we would show up with a big camera and a suit and people would think we already made it at these conventions. And that's how we got a lot of the interviews. And we had the Ultimate Kiss fan, Matt Porter, right next to me. So who knew what he was doing? And uh, I just kind of followed his coattails with that. But I mean, yeah, damage alone. That's why, like, you know, that's yeah. what it took us where we went to, you know? That's right. So, yeah. you know, so I'm a little bit more comfortable now in my coaching role. I mean, there's still times where I'm like, what am I doing? Um, you know, but but I'm I'm like a spackle coach. <laughs> I fill in the holes. <laughs> right. But not only are you coaching, you just put out three amazing books. Now, on Amazon, perfect time for stocking stuff. I did. It, yeah, Christmas is coming. Yep. Absolutely. You have a pro wrestling uh, training log where you can track your training and so many other things in there. You have a pro wrestling word search. And also, you're the booker. Forget fantasy football. You can be, have your own fantasy league on paper and, and have your belts and everything. Talk about that. Create your own belts. You can actually, there's a section on each page for your superstars. You can give them names, weights, where they're from. You can write a little backstory for them. There's a part where you can actually draw what they look like. Uh, the entire back section is you booking an entire year worth of TV. So it's four weekly shows and then a pay-per-view in between. So you can do all that. Um the, you know, the Professional Wrestler Training Log book came about because it's something I wished I'd had when I started training. And then it's something, you know, being a coach and watching my kids, I, I yell at everyone. I'm like, every time you show up to class, you should have a pen and a notebook. I don't care if we're not using it. It should be in your bag. Um, so this way, they could just take this book, and it's pretty much got everything for them. Right. Um, and there wasn't one out there. So I, again, spackle, just filling in the holes. So I made that book first. And I'll be, you know, to be honest, I got really apprehensive. So I wrote it and put it together, and then I sat on it because hmm. I was nervous. I'm gonna put it out. People are like, "She doesn't have any business writing a training log." <laughs> you know, again, you know, for as confident as I come on the exterior, I'm one of the most non-confident people on the inside. Um, I actually, the first person I sent it to was Wildman Congo, and I said, who recently had a stroke, so he was in the hospital. Hmm. So I figured, hey, he's bored. He's got nothing better to do. I said, <laughs> I said, hey, uh, I said, hey, can you look at this for me? So he did. He's like, oh my god, that's great. Uh, and that, you know, uh, he helped me come up with the price point, and so that lifted. And I was real close to doing it, but then again, I was self-doubting again. So I said to Bob Evans, I go, hey, can I send this to you? Can you take a look at it? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So I sent it over. He's like, this looks fantastic. And the next day, it was published. Mm. So <laughs> wow. And Tom, you bought one. I bought two. Uh, one in me for Milano over here. Because um, remember, I you know you sent me the link. I'm like, oh, let me check this out. It's more than just a, you know just oh hey, I trained this day. I learned this. Like it gives you a move list, questions that you're almost almost embarrassed to ask a trainer, or you don't want to waste their time. So they're like, oh, you keep it to yourself. And it was a great great book from what I saw right away. As soon as I saw, I'm like, oh, I'm getting two of these because like you said, it's something. Already, just training for the little bit I have, I wish I had this kind of notebook because all we have is pencil and line paper. This really breaks it down, makes it easy for you, and 
it helps just organize your already chaotic world. Because, you know, you sit there, you learn all these moves, and you just forget by the next day. And this is great. Check mark it off and keep going. There's so much more creativity in that, and it helps you get more excited about it and just organize everything. I'm really excited for it. I can't believe you waited as long as you did because, like I said, I mean, I didn't, didn't hesitate at all. The price point was great, so. Thank you. And then, you know, that so that was geared towards people in the business, and then I was like, oh, make something for fans. Right. So I made the Pro Wrestling Word Search book. Uh, it's 10 words per puzzle. I think there's 25 puzzles. And then the, the solutions are in the back. So if you get stumped, you can't find it. I gave you the answers. And then, yes. you know, the, the you're the booker, create your own professional wrestling fed, again, was like a riff off of fantasy football and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I used to do it as a kid, make up my own wrestlers, like in a notebook. So here I just, again, took something I used to do where there wasn't a format for it and just created this format and put it together so that people would have it in a format form that, you know, they can then go ahead, you know, th there's pages in there. You can design your own title belts and different stuff like that. Like, I put as much into it as I possibly could. That book is over 140 pages. It's awesome. Yeah. So, guys, go to Amazon.com, buy the book, support Missy. Missy, thank you so much for coming up. It's always a pleasure. Thanks. We haven't done I got a plug. I know, I know we're running late because yep. the show before us run late, but I got plugs. Can I plug? Let's do it. Great. Okay, so if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Wrestling Missy. Instagram's at Wrestling Missy and the number one. This weekend, November 12th, I will be in Houston, Delaware with some of those books. If you want to buy them, you can get them there at the 1CW CCW Fightback Pay-Per-View Show. Uh, Monster Factory student is the 1CW Cruiserweight Champion. Brian Morris takes on Rayo. Uh, the girls' matches, uh, Monster Factory alums, the gift of Gab, Gabby Ortiz, is going to take on La Chica Clara Carreras, both Monster Factory students. We also get Christina Marie versus Ultraviolet. Tag team titles are on the line. Renegade Twins versus the Goons of Scenic City. And Rebecca Scott versus Nikki Duke. Next Saturday at the Monster Factory. Special start time, 4 p.m. It's Turkey Slam. It's our biggest show of the year. Tag team titles are on the line. Michelle and Clara Carreras are current tag team champions. They're going to take on Westfield and Grayson Kelly, collectively known as Kelly Kelly. Uh, they did that. I didn't. <laughs> um, the Supersonic Championship's on the line. Twitch is going to take on Travis Jacobs in an I Quit match. Uh, there's always the Turkey Slam Rumble. I might actually talk Danny into doing two Rumbles this year. We have so many people. Uh, th this would be the first he's heard of that idea. But anyway. <laughs> and then uh, the Arena and Heavyweight Championships are on the line in a ladder match as Max Sterling takes on uh, the next big thing. I'm calling it now Goldie. Wow. Mm. All that and more, guys. Monster Factory. Now, look, I know we, we're not going to run over time, but i got to ask you. Public speaking, what is your training? Because, first of all, your storytelling is phenomenal. But your public speaking, you're so crisp. The way you just did all that, like, and you figure being on camera and being able to, like, you put Tommy right on the spot, okay, mm -hmm. cut a promo. And obviously that's probably as much or more than what happens in the ring. What's your background as far as just public speaking? You're great at it. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. 25 years of professional wrestling. Mm. The, you know, you also have to think, you know, I came up in, a, in an era where women's wrestling wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So I had to learn to be sharp and witty because fans were allowed to yell some stuff at you. And you had to, you know, be witty to put them in their place. So, you know, just tons of practice. Ton, you know, I'm, it's so funny now because I tell everybody, like, if, if I was just sitting here and there weren't microphones, well, I'm, I, I feel like I know you guys, so I'm kind of comfortable. But if you gave me, like, six people, strangers to talk in front of, Internally, I'd be a mess. Give me 600 people I have to talk in front of, I'm good. Interesting. Oh, wow. 
So yeah, That's guys, great. that is awesome. Missy, Tommy, Melinda, thank you so much, guys, for coming up. I love Thanks for Tyler. coming. It was great yeah. meeting you. Yep. Yeah, you too. Absolutely. Um, real quick, though, what was the name of the books that you have? Okay, you so the first one is Professional Wrestling Training Log. Track your training. It's $14.99 on Amazon. Second one is Professional Wrestling Word Search, $9.99 on Amazon. You're the, the third one is You're the Booker. Create your own professional wrestling federation. That one's $24.99. You go to Amazon, you click and write in Melissa Sampson. Yup, it's under my formal name. Quit judging me. <laughs> Melissa no Sampson, judges. you love click it. search. On the left-hand side, you then just click books. The first three books that pop up are mine. Awesome. And you can be Boom. the youngest woman's champion by buying that Woo! book. <laughs> uh, that's a far, long way away. How do you know? Uh, you never know. It could be next week. Yep. You don't know. I mean, it could. You could be in a, a, a limo with George Animal Steel and see right, right. Bruno San Francisco Hold on, hold on. Newsflash. If you end up in a vehicle with George Animal Steel... Get out. He's been dead for years. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Damage. Yeah. It's the wrong vehicle, girlfriend. Get out. On that note, guys, thank you so much for listening. You're more than welcome anytime you to come out. Tommy, you guys know as well. Um, remember, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MonkerRadio.com where music reminds me. Please